Well, good morning, and thank you so much for inviting me to come and talk to you about Tier Fund. My name is Simon Mitchell, and I've been a Tier Fund volunteer for about 20-odd years now, and a speaker for about 16 of those years. And I've been fortunate enough to do a number of volunteer trips. That's where volunteers pay for themselves to go out to see some of the Tier Fund projects uh, that Tier Fund is doing in the developing world. And the last trips that I did some years ago now were twice uh, to Malawi, to a project in Malawi. And I've seen lives changed dramatically, lifted from dire poverty to farming successfully. And I've come back from those trips so encouraged. Now, firstly, a very, very big thank you to all your support as a church uh, for Tear Fund over the years. And I hope that what I say this morning will encourage you as a church and also any here who support Tear Fund personally to know that your money is well used and does have an impact on individual lives. It lifts them out of poverty, giving them self-worth and self-esteem. And Tear Fund say, we are Christians passionate about the local church bringing justice and transforming lives, overcoming poverty. And Tear Fund works with the local Christian churches and Christian organisations. So working with people already there, already in that situation, they know what's needed and best what to do. If you're unfamiliar with Tear Fund, it's now one of the leading Christian relief and development agencies in the UK, working in 50 countries with people in the greatest need. In other words, those in extreme poverty. The definition of extreme poverty, living on less than $2 a day, that's roughly £2 a day. And while it was true in a matter of thanksgiving that the number of people living at that level has roughly halved in the last 20 years, it's still true that one billion or one in seven live in those conditions. And very sadly, due to the pandemic and climate change, that number in extreme poverty is going back up. So Tear Fund is asking churches to concentrate on climate change. Well, it's in your face anyway, isn't it, on the news, so it's hard to escape. And they sent through a week's worth of challenges for as many of you as possible to look at and respond to before I spoke today. Now, I gather from Tim that some will have already watched them. Uh, some may be watching them next week. Uh, some of you will have done it in home groups and some individually. So you're in, a, a, in between. And I wonder how those of you who watched it have actually got on. I'm sure there's been a, a huge spectrum of response going from oh not more climate change and I can sympathize with that through to taking on some of those daily challenges. Now I have to admit as a Tearfund speaker I have found this the most difficult topic to speak on and what I'm hoping is that those who've been able to look at and those who will be looking at daily challenges will actually have found or will find them useful in looking at their ongoing lifestyles and actually combining each 
individual's response to climate change does cumulatively make a difference. Yes, it does. But actually, maybe a feeling it's all just too much. It's all a bit too late. The governments aren't doing anything. What is the point? Why should I be doing anything at all? When it seems that governments don't do much. And as Tim said at COP28, the biggest group that had a say were the oil industries. And I'm also aware that as a Tier Fund speaker, I enjoy encouraging people with the positive changes that Tier Fund can bring to the poor. But I'm also becoming more and more aware of the gross injustice in this world. And what I'd like to do now is actually to show you the first day challenge video. For those of you who've watched it, you'll be seeing it again, otherwise it's seeing it for the first time. And this video just emphasises strongly the injustice of the effects of climate change. My name is Norman, Norman Molina. I'm, uh, I'm from Honduras, Central America. The effects of climate change are, are huge. The strongest evidence is there. Levels of poverty are rising. Honduras, Central America, almost 60% of our population is, is living in poverty. Migration waves of people trying to move up north, especially to find uh, livelihoods, make a living, because mostly of, of climate change. Fishing communities, you know, they had their small restaurant, they, they cook fish and they sell fish for a living. These communities don't exist anymore because the water levels have have increased in ways that have made communities, entire communities disappear. Rain has become a threat. Uh, our hearts start pumping very fast and our minds start creating stories and we are traumatized by it. Every time I hear rain, there's this fear of what's going to happen, which is sad because rain in the Bible for us, rain, it's, it's, it's a sign of, of blessing, of, of life, of crops and, and, and grow. And sadly, because of, of the damage and the vulnerability that we have in our, in our countries, rain has become a threat. So last year, uh, we had two hurricanes that caused huge damage, especially in the north uh, coast of Honduras. Two hurricanes in the one weekend between not even in my wildest dream. I never imagined having that. More than 4 million people affected by these two hurricanes, more than 100,000 people in shelters. It's funny that climate change, for example, it's not one of the things that we contribute the most in the region, like in Central America especially. However, we are the ones that um, are affected the most. Central America is one of the most, if not the most affected uh, or uh, most vulnerable. Uh, area to climate change. We're brothers and sisters in all this. Uh, we belong to a global community. What you decide to do and the decisions that the powerful people decide to make has an effect on us. And if these decisions are positive, um, it would be good for us. But if we continue this pattern of exploitation and destruction and going beyond the limits of the planet, maybe you will not feel it, but we will feel it. 
It is sobering to see the impact that the climate crisis is having on people's lives today. Greenhouse gas emissions make extreme weather, like what you just saw in Honduras, more likely. But it's not too late to make a difference if we act now. Today's challenge will help us think about the part that we play as we go car-free for a day or for a week. And together, we can begin to make a stand against a growing climate crisis. So the challenge at the end there was to try and do without the car for a day or a week. For many, that's impractical. But if we do drive a non-electric car, there are things we can do about how we drive to make a measurable difference. I have a strap line, right foot, light foot. So when accelerating from stationary, don't put your foot hard down. Just do it gently. If you normally drive at 70 on motorways, try 60 makes a huge difference. But in that video, Norman Molina spoke about the fact that Central America contributes very little towards climate change. But they are the ones affected the most. That is injustice writ large. But the Old Testament passage we've just heard talks about acting justly and loving mercy. Indeed, God's love of justice is a prominent theme throughout the Bible. It's second only to idolatry, is the most popular topic in the Old Testament. And in the, U in the New Testament, actually one in ten verses in the Synoptic Gospels relate to either poverty, justice or wealth. Verse 6 of the passage that Tim's just read to us says... Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the wanderer with shelter? In the New Testament, Matthew quotes Isaiah to describe Jesus. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. In the passage in Luke 16, Jesus himself tells the story of Lazarus and the rich man. The whole point of the story was the way the rich man treated Lazarus. Not so much that he was wealthy, but what he did or did not do with his wealth and his oppression of the poor. And the passage in chapter 25 of Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus talks about the final judgment, is very salutary. The main points of the judgment about whether they were fit for God's kingdom or not was how they had dealt with with the poor and the needy, that was all, nothing else. So is all of this God saying, you must show compassion to the poor or else? Am I just trying to take you on a guilt trip? No, no. There is more to it than that. Part of the passage in that Isaiah 58 
reads, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So God is saying, this is my passion for the poor and for justice for the poor. If you do things, do the right things, then I'll be pleased with you and reward you. And what I've actually discovered is actually the encouragement you can, be, you can have by being part of the outreach to the poor, seeing lives changed and people lifted out of poverty. And at a time when we look at the news, the world looks so broken, doesn't it? We feel helpless to do anything. Sometimes I have to admit I switch the news off, feeling so helpless. But we can be part of what God is doing for the people who need most help. When we look around at the global situation, wonder, where is God in all of this? He is there, working through his people, who are his hands and his feet and mouths, in some of the most desperate situations. Yes, he is there. Believe it or not, Tirfan has a partner in Yemen and Afghanistan, amongst some of the other countries. Yes, God is there. So there are Tirfan partners in so many of the neediest situations, reaching out, affecting change, showing God's love. But yes, it can be overwhelming to get our heads around such a huge issue. Where do, where do we start? It's a giant global problem, but it has very human faces, individual stories of lives affected and of families struggling to survive, people with names, people with hopes, worries and dreams. So if I could have my first slide, please. People like Loyara. Loyara is a mum. She lives in a small village in Burkina Faso where she farms her small plot of land to provide food for her family. This is becoming more and more difficult because climate change has affected the amount of rain that falls, which makes it hard, of course, to grow crops, as all of us who are gardeners will know. Even though she and her husband both live with disabilities, Loyara doesn't have much use of her left hand and foot. She works hard on her land to grow crops so they can eat, but it's a struggle and it's been made significantly worse by climate change, which actually in recent years has begun to have a disastrous effect on rainfall patterns. In West Africa, where Loyara and her family live, droughts are now just commonplace and with no rain, there can be nothing to eat. And Loyara was so happy uh, when a group of people who work with Tierfan came and gave her some help. She got some chickens from them. They taught her how to look after them so they'll lay eggs. She now has another way to provide for her family 
by also selling chickens and eggs. The people working with Tierfund also gave her the equipment she needs because domestic animals need food and a safe place to live. Now the people who helped Loyara were able to do this because people like yourselves support Tier Fund financially. It made Loyara so happy to feel that people cared about her and were helping her. And she said, this help calls me to recognize God's help. I feel loved by those who've contributed to it. I pray that God helps me to succeed in my activity and be a blessing for my children and others. But maybe you think the problem's too vast, just too big. It's impossible to do much about it. Well, George Hoffman, who was Tier Fund's first CEO, had a lovely saying. He said, one person cannot change the world, but you can change the world for one person. Which brings me to the sign-up leaflets, which are scattered on your seats. Obviously, as a tier fund speaker, you expect me to want as many as possible to sign up to support tier fund. <coughs> but I realise that actually just at the moment, with the cost of living increasing steeply, now is not the best time to ask people to sign up to give regularly. But actually, if there is anyone here this morning who does feel moved to want to be part of what Tier Fund's doing, I'd like to encourage you to sign up, encourage you to be part of something that's actually affecting change in a broken world, that's actually lifting people out of poverty and changing lives. It doesn't have to be a huge amount, even just five pounds a month can make a big, big difference. So if you'd like to start supporting Tier Fund, there are a number of pages to fill in. I'm not going to go through the details now. Have a look and come and speak to me because it does need one or two bits and pieces to be got right for Tier Fund to use your details. If you haven't got your details, then what you can do on here is to fill in your name and address and phone number and Tier Fund can phone you and you can go through how you'd like to support them. If you do this and they phone you and you change your mind, please just say and they won't trouble you again. But please do feel free to come and talk to me at the end of the service if you would like to support Tier Fund. But even if you're not in a position to support Tier Fund financially, I would ask all of you to pray. We were thinking about praying when we looked at COP26 and 27 and 28, and Tim said the biggest group of COP28 were the oil moguls, the oil nations. We can't change them, but we can pray that God will. Tier Fund is nothing without our committed prayers. And their website's great at giving up-to-date information, which is important if we're going to 
be effective in our prayers. Might I encourage you, actually, if you're watching the news and it comes up with something about our broken world and you think, oh, what can I do? Get on the TFN website. See what they're doing. Pray for it through Tear Fund. That can be really, really helpful. And please, with Tear Fund, consider your responsibility to respond to the problems of climate change. Now, for our next song, we're going to sing the Tear Fund song, Beauty for Brokenness, which I don't think is that familiar to a number of you. But interestingly, I was looking at the words while the band were practicing this morning. I thought, was that just written last year? And realized, when I googled it, I think the copyright is 1993. But the words are so, so relevant today that I would suggest you look at the words carefully as it's sung. Maybe stop singing at one point and just take on board the words and make it your prayer. You may just want to listen at times or sing, but please make it your prayer and take it with you as a prayer for the coming week. Thank you so much. <laughs>